the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Business 1440 KYCR. Golden Valley. A service of Salem Media Group. Streaming worldwide at TwinCitiesBusinessRadio.com. With SRN News, I'm Bob Agnew in Washington. President Trump says the U.S. is now at a breaking point when it comes to illegal immigration. The system is full. Can't take you anymore. Whether it's asylum, whether it's uh, anything you want, it's illegal immigration, can't take you anymore. We can't take you. Our country is full. Our area is full. The sector is full. Can't take you anymore. I'm sorry. Can't happen. So turn around. That's the way it is. Speaking near the border yesterday in California, the president once again blamed congressional Democrats for the crisis at the southern border. Hiring rebounded in March as U.S. employers added 196,000 jobs. We are seeing slower growth, but we're not anywhere near a recession. The economy is still expanding, just at a slightly weaker pace. That is Gus Fouché, chief economist at PNC Financial Services Group. The Labor Department says the unemployment rate held at 3.8%. This is SRN News. Hey, it's Lee Michaels here with one of the newest members to the Patriot family. So proud to be associated with the Mike Murphy team with EXP Realty. And with us is Sharon Murphy. So great to have you here, Sharon. Well, thanks, Lee. We're excited to work with the Patriot and your listeners. So tell us, what makes EXP Realty so different? Well, EXP is a cloud-based brokerage. We like to call it the future of real estate. A lot of people get frustrated with the gimmicks and overpromises of many other real estate agents. Who can blame them? We pride ourselves on being different. No gimmicks, just great service. When you call our number, you'll speak to me or my husband, Mike, not an inexperienced team member. That's great. So how do we get a hold of you? Give us a call at 651-216-7870 or go to MikeMurphyTeam.com. So if you're thinking of selling your home, check out Mike Murphy Team with eXp Realty. 651-216-7870 or online at MikeMurphyTeam.com. So you've been exploring solutions for your hair loss. You've seen ads from the national chains. You've researched the alternative products that cost a fortune, but there seem to be no guarantees. So here's good news for you. This is Dennis Prager. Go to INeedMoreHair.com and see what their hair transplant specialists are doing for men and women like you. The consultations are free. Their doctors have given patients in Hollywood and worldwide a full head of hair. They can do the same for you. You'll see a more confident reflection of yourself. In fact, they guarantee your results in writing, and their prices are some of the best in the business, as low as $3 per graft. So stop searching and go to INeedMoreHair.com. Call their office in Egan for your free consultation. Get the permanent solution to your hair loss at INeedMoreHair.com. INeedMoreHair.com. Experience you can trust. Prices you can afford. Join Dr. King Banyan as he shows you economic charts, graphs, and other visual aids you can't see on the radio here on Business 1440. Capitalism is, is not... Um, immoral, it's amoral, it requires our instruction. Mm. Capitalism has taken more. 
people out of poverty than any other ism, but it is a wild beast, and if not tamed, it can chew up a lot of people. Welcome back, King Banyan Show. This is fourteen forty. So, rainy day. Welcome back, second hour of the show. In the first hour, we uh, went around the United States, uh, looking at the economic data, and then we eventually landed in Asia. Of course, Brexit is still going on. Prime. Theresa May is still Prime Minister at this moment. And at this moment, at this particular moment, Brexit occurs on April 12th. The conditions for the longer deadline to May 22nd have not been met. There is a meeting of the European Union on Wednesday, on the 10th, that will determine, in fact, whether or not whether or not they get another extension or whether they allow them to just go go away um and indeed uh theresa may received this is from the times of london um reading reading from the times of london this morning uh brexit talks between theresa may and jeremy corbyn broke down last night as france warned that britain risked crashing out of the eu in a disorderly manner Labor sources accused the Prime Minister of negotiating in bad faith after Downing Street sent the party an outline deal that offered no concessions to its central demand to its central demand for a customs union with the EU. Uh, Keir Starmer, the shadow Brexit secretary, meaning he's Labor, okay, said it was clear that Mrs. May was not countenancing any changes to the political direct declaration that she negotiated with the EU in December. Compromise requires change. We need change if we're going to compromise. Well, thank you. That's thank you, Captain Obvious. Um, however, it should be pointed out the EU gets to say whether or not they'll agree to the changes that Labour is trying to extract from um, from them. So let me uh, uh, so let me scroll down the piece. This is just about four hours ago. Amélie de Montchalin, the uh, French Secretary of State for European Affairs, said that. Any extension required Britain to have a plan with credible political backing, quote-unquote. She added, quote, in, a, in the absence of such a plan, we would have to acknowledge that the UK chose to leave the EU in a disorderly manner, unquote. Senior French, Dutch, and German politicians lined up yesterday to attack the Prime Minister's request for an extension to the Article 50 process until June 30 claiming that it made no sense and was motivated by the dynamics of Westminster politics. Bruno Le Maire, the French, prime, French finance minister, said President Macron would only agree to pr- Mrs. May's request for a further extension if she presented a plan that had a credible chance of being approved by Parliament. If we are not able to understand the reason why the UK is asking for an extension, we cannot give a positive answer. So there's a summit on the 10th, and, based, and, and there's now a deadline being applied. So here's the question. Here's the question. They're saying you have to be able to get your deal through Parliament. You told us you could get the deal back in November through Parliament, and you've proven three times you can't. 
If you want to get an extension from us, we need to know why are we going to believe you this time. The only person that probably can help Theresa May give that that piece of, of uh, explanation, if she wants to leave with a deal, is in fact Jeremy Corbyn. Now, if that's true, here's how that's going to end up looking. A Corbyn deal, a Corbyn-influenced deal, means that they're in a customs union. Now, a customs union simply means that, that there's an agreement not to charge customs on goods and services that trade between the United Kingdom and the European Union. This means, though, that in order to be in that that union, you have two conditions. One, you have to agree to pretty much all of the regulations that the EU currently provides. Corbyn likes this because this means that all of the workers' rights pieces, all of the environmental regulations that the EU insists upon, would have to be maintained by by the United Kingdom. So his fingerprints wouldn't be on them. But he would want to be. But he would get something he seriously wants. Second of all, and this is really telling, Corbyn himself, although many of his Labour backbenchers have said they want the second referendum, Corbyn and May agree that they don't want it. Theresa May has not said in any strong form that she's absolutely diametrically opposed to the customs union. That's what the Brexiteers, that's what the Boris Johnsons and Jacob Rees-Moggs are fighting over. They don't want a customs union. They don't want common market 2.0. They want to be free. This is the problem with the customs union. They want to be free to negotiate trade deals with other countries, including the United States, separate from the EU. The customs union, or even the common market 2.0, will not give them the ability to do that. They also want to have further restrictions on the acceptance of workers from other countries. That actually seems to be also a common feature between Corbyn and May. Meaning this, there's a lot of places where they can find agreement. And I think sometime between now and Wednesday, May and Corbin are going to, it's going to come out that May and Corbin have an agreed draft. The problem being, they may not be able to deliver enough votes from their two major parties to have it happen. That still might not be enough. Because it doesn't stop the Northern Ireland backstop, necessarily. Unless they can prove that, those 10 votes from, uh, from Northern Ireland, from the Democratic Ulster Party, the DUP, would not happen. And it's not clear that the Scottish National Party, which has a block of over 40 votes, would vote for it either. You have the Independent Party saying they're stepped aside. So you need 330 votes. Of a, you need 330. You need 300 and, given the resignations, 318 votes in Parliament to pass the measure, if everybody votes. You need 318. You have 
about 70 votes tied up in various 70 to 80 votes, 74 votes, I think is the number, in minority parties, all of whom seem to not like this grand alliance between May and Corbyn. The Brexiteers don't want to vote for this deal, and if they vote for something that, that Corbyn, if they vote, if the Corbyn-May deal comes out, it includes a customs union or common market 2-0, um, uh, they will vote, the Brexiteers will vote against it, and that probably causes about 70 additional votes to flake off. You now have two sets of calculations that need to be made, one by each party. There's another group of, of Tories who probably favor a, a tighter relationship, might not, be, might not get heartburn over a, custo- over a customs union, but simply do not want there to be any way in which Corbyn be, can become the prime minister and will vote against the deal to keep Corbyn away from the levers of power. On the other side, people in labor are looking at this and looking at Corbyn like, what are you doing? You're giving a lifeline to our opponent. If this continues, if we end up crashing out of the EU, yeah, there'll be damage to the economy, but the next thing that's going to happen is going to be a general election. And they're going into the wilderness for a while. We're going to be the people in power. Don't throw her a lifeline that allows them to maybe slide by uh, a, a snap election and get to the next general elections not till 20, 2021 or tw- I think it's 2021 or even 2022 when they have their next elections. Don't do that. We want, we want the elections and we want them now because labor will never be weaker than it is at this particular moment. I mean, excuse me, the Tories will never be weaker than they are at this particular moment. The reason Corbyn doesn't want an election right now is he's not sure he's going to be the leader taking them into that election. He needs time to mend his fences. May wants time to to mend her fences, so neither of them, neither of them are going to be be anxious to have a second election. That is different from a a second referendum. And here, I think I talked about this last week, but I'll I'll, I'll, I'll remind you what I think the way I think this will happen. In, in the 1960s, during the formation of the European common market, the first common market, uh, it, it, Britain twice approached the European common market, the European powers, and said, we would like to join your common market, may we? In both times, France, led at that time by Charles de Gaulle, a, a, a Gaullist, okay, someone who is very, uh, anyway, almost like the original French nationalist. Well, maybe Bonaparte was the original French nationalist, but, but Charles de Gaulle, strong nationalist, said, no, Britain and Europe are fundamentally different. You may not join. The third time, the British government, not through a vote, but, but, but the government itself went to the Europeans a third time and said, may we join the common market. At this point, de Gaulle had passed away. And his successor said, yeah, sure, why not? 
So they joined the common market. They waited about six months, and then they, then the government of the UK put forward a bill and passed a bill calling for a referendum. The referendum to confirm the decision that the government has made to join the common market. So they didn't ask permission. They basically said, well, we did this. Are you, are you good with it? I think that's what's going to happen this time. The referendum will be truly confirmatory. Government has the power to put them into whatever relationship, a common market, a customs union, a common market, or to crash out. They do not need voters to act again. They voted in 2016 and gave their opinion. They can move forward. But it sounds like what they'll do is they'll move forward, and I think both sides are interested in having a vote after the fact. But this is not 1975, and, I, and, and as I was talking about with the class the other night, do we have any idea what happens if May and Corbin should agree to a deal, write it up, enact it, and then go to the people for a confirmatory referendum, and it fails? What happens then? Answer? Well, I don't know. Nobody knows what happens then. But I warned, I, I, I warned my friends in, in Britain, this isn't 1975. I know how it went then. Not likely to go that same way this time. We'll be back after this. You're listening to The King Banyan Show on Business 1440. If it was 1990, you'd be listening to your favorite radio station on that bulky boombox that burns through D batteries faster than you can say you've got mail. Well, thankfully, it's the 21st century, and there are much better alternatives. For example, just ask Alexa to tune in. Alexa, play Business Radio 1440. Throw out that old beeper and get with the times. Listen to your favorite Business 1440 hosts and shows with Alexa and Amazon Echo. I loved playing high school sports. I loved the competition, the camaraderie, the bands, the crowds, all the pageantry, and I wanted to keep playing. But I graduated. No colleges called, and neither did the pros. So, to stay close to the game I loved, I decided to become a high school official. You know, a referee. When I played high school sports, I learned the importance of integrity, good sportsmanship, and respect for the rules. Now, as a high school official, I get to help model these same values to others. Maybe the colleges and the pros didn't call, but the kids in Minnesota did. And now, I'm enjoying the competition, the camaraderie, the bands, the crowds, and all the pageantry of high school sports all over again. Interested in becoming a licensed high school official? Go to highschoolofficials.com to learn more and begin the application process. Hi, this is Lee with the Kingdom Builders Roofing. I was thinking recently on how much I dislike buying or selling a car or making any large purchases. No matter what happens, I end up thinking I got the short end of the deal. I have a sneaking suspicion that many of you are just the same as me. 
I'd like to let you know that if you have us in your home, we will not pressure you into anything. We will tell you what we see as your options, but we do not want you to do something that will give you buyer's remorse. Philippians 2 says, Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. This is Matthew with the Kingdom Builders. We strive to have our standard be God's standard because we try to glorify the Lord Jesus in everything we do. We strive to take these standards on your roof, on your gutter job, whatever it might be. Give us a call today at 612-900-9166. That's 612-900-9166. Or look us up on the web at thekingdombuilders.net. If you could cook up the world's greatest radio station, what ingredients would you need? We'd start by mixing in high-quality, free-range wellness experts. Then we'd add in a generous scoop of the topics that matter most to you. Finally, we'd stir in a certified organic website full of helpful resources and garnish with a specialized mobile app. No, it's not some half-baked idea. It's on the air right now. Wellness Radio 1570, online at TwinCitiesWellnessRadio.com. Welcome back, King Banyan Show, Business 1440. You almost hate to just interrupt that, don't you? It's, a, it's like, it's the only reason I've never used classical music as bumper music has been, has been, it's like you don't know where to break in. Whereas for popular songs, there's usually like a ramp to a chorus or something, and you can just, you can just grab in right there. Uh, but, um... Good stuff. I, I actually going to have to miss a concert next weekend because I'm, tr- I will be traveling uh, over over next weekend. Uh, we'll let you know what's happened on the show. If it, if if Brexit happens in a disorderly fashion, wild horses could not get me away from a microphone. I cannot tell you how much we actually will probably end up doing an emergency taping uh, if that happens. Um, uh, Andrew and John have been warned about this. Uh, we'll have to do that. Otherwise, we we'll probably we'll probably tape a little bit and and give you an hour of a replay and and figure that out. But we're we, but uh, we're we're going to have to call an audible here probably on Wednesday or Thursday of this coming week to figure out how we're going to how we're going to deal with what's happening in the UK. I'm just not I'm not positive how that's going to I'm not positive how everything's going to turn out there. But um, I find. I, I find what's happening there absolutely fascinating. Is I'm, I, I've tweeted a couple of links to you, the the piece I was just reading from the Times of London uh, from this morning about uh, what uh, the EU is saying, okay? And I do believe, I just want, I, I'll just say, I it's been my longstanding belief that the EU and Theresa May have been coordinating their messages to try to put pressure on various portions of Parliament to decide whether or not uh, to to try to get to the deal. The EU clearly would just like acceptance of the deal they negotiated in November. I thought it was fascinating. So this week, by a single vote, Commons voted, the House of Commons voted to to ask for the June 30 extension, which is why Theresa May issued the letter. There has to be a, a, a confirmatory vote 
taken in in Lords, which normally just rubber stamps everything. They have been stalling like crazy, and there were debates, and there was I I was watching a little bit. I don't I don't think I've ever watched a debate in Lords before, because they're usually usually sort of uh, way too polite and boring affairs. There were some elbows being thrown in Lords on Thursday. But uh, I, I should have—I guess I should have sent the, some taping tape of that to uh, Andrew to play for you because it was, it was basically about as close to uh, "Hey, let's step out back" uh, that you'll ever hear two peers say to each other in a, in a meeting. I thought it was—it <laughs> was really quite fascinating. Um, they, they can't really stop that, and 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 so what's happening now is just the usual bickering over how much of my customs union idea. Will I get in? Corbin says, but so they're all saying that May's not giving them any real changes to the documents, and sh- they have to remember that May May is in fact constrained by what can, what can she get the uh, European Union to agree to on this late date? Um, she's time's running out. I expect that uh, whatever whatever decisions they arrive at, they'll arrive at this either this weekend or sometime Monday evening. Uh, so we'll. We'll we'll know more in about in about uh, twenty four hours. Uh, it's to be in about forty eight hours from now. I I thought this was interesting. I'm gonna. I need to open up a. I need to open up another file here. Uh, this is the uh, Jamie Dimon is the CEO of J P Morgan, and like uh we always do we always like to read the newsletters i always read i always read the shareholders report and the ceo's letter from amazon to read jeff bezos i always read the berkshire hathaway one to read warren buffett and i always read the jamie diamond letter from jp morgan i think there are two parts of this that i would read to you uh on on challenges facing the bank Eight, we are prepared for, though we are not predicting, a recession. Um, The key point here is that a fairly healthy U.S. economy will be confronting a wide range of issues in 2020 and 2021. It's hard to look at all the issues facing the world and not think that the range of possible outcomes is broader and the odds of bad outcomes might be increasing. We agree. And certain factors like confidence, which we know is important, can be easily damaged by bad policy, unexpected events, or even high market volatility. The next re- recession may not resemble prior recessions. Next time, the cause may be just the cumulative effect of negative factors, the proverbial last straw on the camel's back. And that's indeed, that, that I agree with Diamond almost 100% on this point. You have to, okay, so if you're, if you're the age I am in your 60s and you, so you're, you've got a retirement portfolio and you're thinking about it, you just, and you're thinking to yourself, oh, the number looks pretty good. I think you have to figure out how to mitigate risk. You've got to figure out how to hedge your risk in some ways. But you also have to recognize that the economy probably has a good, good time to run. And that your ability to sniff out the next recession by relying on one or two key indicators, like a yield curve or like a gold price or, or whatever that, that key indicator is, the number, the underwear sales from Haynes and Fruit of the Loom, which was a Alan Greenspan uh, concoction, 
I'm not kidding about this. This is actually in in the biographies of Alan Greenspan. He would call, he'd call production managers uh, at those two companies and figure out are people buying more or less underwear and use that as a statement of how the economy was doing. And whatever that measure is that you use, it's not clear it's going to work this time. It's an extraordinarily long expansion. There's a number of negative issues blowing out there. I, I mean, heck, I'm talking about elections in Thailand, which I think is a first here on the King Banyan Show, which is rapidly approaching its 10-year anniversary. Yeah, sometime, sometime, uh, sometime late in this year, we'll have been on the we'll have been on the air on we'll have been on business 1440 here for 10 years. We're here almost from the start of business, from business 1440. Not not Salem having this particular stick, but the business format is almost 10 years old here. That, that's and and pay attention to that. It's important. Anyway, that was one thing he he writes in in, in the piece. But I I want to talk about a particular a particular part of this that drew a lot of attention. This was. And I'll, I've tweeted I've tweeted a story about this to you uh, before, but I want to talk want to talk a little bit more about this because he starts on page forty five of a fifty page shareholder letter. Ugh. Can you imagine? Yes, I read the whole thing because I read. Like I said I only read about about four or five of these, and three of them are 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 companies that you would know very well: Amazon. J.P. Morgan and Berkshire Hathaway. No, I'm not telling you the other two. They're two companies that I that I own stock in. I'll just leave it at that. And I never talk about companies in which I own stock on the air. Titled, Is Capitalism to Blame? Is Socialism Better? There is no question that capitalism has been the most successful economic system the world has ever seen. It's lifted billions of people out of poverty. It's helped enhance the wealth, health, and education of people around the world. Capitalism enables competition, innovation, and choice. That is not to say that capitalism does not have flaws, that it isn't leaving people behind, and that it shouldn't be improved. It's essential to have a strong social safety net. And all countries should be striving for continuous improvement in regulations as well as social and welfare conditions. Many countries are called social democracies and they successfully combine market economies with strong social safety nets. This is completely different from traditional socialism. In a traditional socialist system, the government controls the means of production and decides what to produce and in what quantities, and often how and where the citizens work rather than leaving those decisions in the hands of the private sector. When governments control companies, economic assets over time are used to further political interests, leading to inefficient companies and markets, enormous favoritism, and corruption. As Margaret Thatcher said, the problem with socialism is that eventually you run out of other people's money. Socialism inevitably produces stagnation, corruption, and often worse, such as authoritarian government officials, officials who often have an increasing ability to interfere with both the economy and individual lives, which they frequently do to maintain power. This would be as much a disaster for our country as has been in the other places it's been tried. I am not an advocate for unregulated, unvarnished, free-for-all capitalism. Few people I know are. (coughs) 
But we should forget that true freedom and free enterprise, capitalism, are at some point inexorably linked. Bravo. But is he a flawed messenger for this? We'll talk about that right after this. You're listening to The King Banyan Show on Business 1440. Many people today think the Bible, the most influential book in world history, is not only outdated, but also irrelevant, irrational, and even immoral. Dennis Prager here. I've written a book, The Rational Bible, Genesis, to prove otherwise. My new book demonstrates clearly and powerfully that the Bible remains profoundly relevant, both for the great issues of our day and in each of our lives. The Rational Bible, Genesis, comes out this May, and I want to invite you to join me for an exclusive pre-launch event for my book, on May 6th in Orlando, Florida. That will be the first day it will be available to the public. Get your tickets today. Be part of a full-day celebration with me and our partners at TBN. Come and be part of the studio audience for the taping and live broadcast of my radio show. After the broadcast, I'll discuss my new book, answer your questions, and you'll get a signed copy of The Rational Bible Genesis. Join me in Orlando on May 6th. Get your tickets today when you visit my website, DennisPrager.com, and click on the Rational Bible banner. See you in Orlando. Does your office need a little TLC? Do you notice your bathrooms are a bit smelly? Are the surfaces in your break room a little sticky? And isn't that the same coffee spill on the floor and chili splatter in the microwave from weeks ago? If so, I've got the solution. Hi, I'm Tasha, owner of Forever Cleaning. We're family-owned and offer affordable, reliable office cleaning all over the Twin Cities metro area. So if your office is screaming for help, call me today. Let's get you scheduled for your free walkthrough so you can receive your free quote at 763-807-9817. If you mention this ad, you will receive 15% off your first month of service. Again, call 763-807-9817. Or you can visit my website at forevercleaning.com. That's the number four, evrcleaning.com. Remember, forever cleaning is so thorough, you'll wonder if your mom snuck in overnight and cleaned. Students come to Online Trading Academy for many reasons. Some love their jobs but don't make enough money to live the life they dream about. Some aren't happy with their job and hope for something better. And others invest and trade, but just need a better path to improve their returns. We even have students who have never invested or traded before, and they might not even know a stock from a rock, but dream of having extra income. There are better income opportunities than trading your time for money. It's time to learn those skills. Join us at Online Trading Academy so we can show you the path to your financial freedom. Register today for a free investing class by dialing pound 250 on your cell phone. Use keyword OTA. Again, that's pound 250 on your cell phone, keyword OTA, or go to learnwithota.com. Online Trading Academy Radio.
Welcome back, King Banyan Show, Business 1440. I haven't given the phone number in this entire thing. I can't believe that. I just realized. 651-289-4477. 651-289-4477. Yes, we'll take a call or two. Don't worry about that. So Jamie Dimon, in the middle of a, a 50-page um, shareholder uh, letter, in, in the annual report of uh, J.P. Morgan. Um, goes on uh, about a 300-word, 350-word uh, uh, piece about, uh, about socialism. And critics were fairly quick to point out, hey, you know, didn't you get a big bailout during TARP? The answer to which is yes, that J.P. Morgan received $25 billion in TARP money during the financial crisis. Bad, right? Really bad. However, one should remember that they were not, they were in fact required. This piece, which I'll send to you, this was the Associated Press, May 15th, 2009. So this is 10 years ago, right? The chief executives of the country's nine largest banks had no choice but to accept capital infusions from the Treasury Department in October. Government documents released Wednesday have confirmed. Obtained and released by Judicial Watch, a nonpartisan educational foundation, the documents revealed, quote, talking points, unquote, used by then Treasury Secretary Henry Paulson during the October 13 meeting between federal federal officials and the executives that stressed the investments would be required, quote, in any circumstance, unquote, whether the banks found them appealing or not. Paulson also told the bankers it was would not be prudent to opt out of the program because doing so, quote, would leave you vulnerable and exposed, unquote. It's no secret, this is the AP, it's no secret but uh, written by Sarah LaPro, um, it's no secret that some of the banks had to be pressured to participate, with several CEOs saying that they had been strongly encouraged to take the funds. But the documents, but the documents are the first proof of the government's insistence. Scrolling down just a little bit, Paulson's spokeswoman, who was the top, was a top aide when Paulson was at Treasury yesterday, said. Secretary Paulson was not one to read talking points at meetings. Doesn't deny that they existed. So, point being, if you want to blame J.P. Morgan and Jamie Dimon for taking TARP money, remember, many of the banks were compelled to do it by pressure the Reserve. Geithner and Paulson and Bernanke, those who are now been out doing victory laps for uh, for defeating the Great Recession. They were compelled to do that. Be- why? Because they didn't want investors to know which banks were in trouble, which banks weren't in trouble. Right? If you give the money only to the banks that need it, then the fact that your bank took the money shows that you're a bank that's in trouble and that would lead to a run on your bank. So to cover the tracks, to cover their tracks, they had to put money around to all of them. And said, yeah, you can pay us back later. Which which Diamond did. Now it's also pointed out 
pointed out in uh, a piece written uh, at AEI, um, I don't remember who wrote this, uh, Jim, Jim Pethokoukas, but he also notes that that um, that they had to that uh, J.P. Morgan settled a lawsuit, uh, settled, settled a lawsuit in 2013 for mortgage lending practices for bad mortgage lending practices. But remember, uh, I pointed out in the Washington Post, J.P. Morgan took on all of the debt, all of the instruments uh, and legal exposures from agreeing to buy Bear Stearns and Washington Mutual. Who sold those off? The Treasury the, the Treasury Department, the Federal Reserve, FDIC. All run by experts. Now, this leads me to my last point, and I actually picked to talking about Diamond because I not because I was wanted to talk about the socialism piece, but I wanted to talk about this this particular part. And in this, I have to I have to do a confession. I've been I've been enjoying uh, exchanging uh, tweets with Don uh, during the breaks about our experiences with calculators and slide rules and and difference equations uh, while we were while we were both in college and grad school. Um, when I wrote my I I was in grad school beginning in seventy in nineteen seventy nine. I mentioned that I. I mentioned my chemistry, my chemistry final misadventure when I had to switch back to the slide rule from the from the calculator before. Um, in the early 1980s, I'm a young graduate student. Um, after my first year, but uh, after my first year of call of grad school, I got married, came back, and they assigned me to a different person to uh, be my, to be the person I worked for as a grad assistant, who was the department chair at the time, Tom Willett. Um, Tom, Tom is one of the uh, two people I, re- I refer to as my mentors in my professional life. The other being the first department chair here when I got hired, Bill Luxetich. It won't be a secret to you if you look if you look at the if you ever look at my resume or or my publications, all of which are online. You'll see Tom and Bill's hands uh, fingerprints over both of them. I mean, they're 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 the two people in my life that really helped me become uh, become the economist that that I've become uh, more than any, more than any two other people. Um, Tom at the time was in, engaged in some research on thinking about central banks. Now Tom had spent time as a, tr- as an undersecretary himself or deputy undersecretary at the treasury. So he was, he was one of those people thought of as an expert. He and I, and so he and another fellow at the at the who he had worked with at Treasury, who at that point was at the Federal Reserve Bank of Dallas, were thinking about how to demonstrate the value of having central banks like the Federal Reserve be independent of political pressure. You can see where I'm going with the Herman Cain and Steve Moore story now. And they invited me to participate in the research with them, in essence, to do all of the all of the econometric work, statistical work for them. Remember, I learned how to do it on a piece of paper and on a calculator. We didn't have, we didn't have Excel. We didn't have Lotus One Two Three when I started this, so it had to all be done on a mainframe into which I was at least no longer having to feed cards. I could actually create run streams and hold files inside inside an old deck computer. I'm doing this for you, Don. You're going to love all these old references, um, and. And I did all those runs. The point being, there were at that point three central banks which were in, 
which were to varying degrees independent of government control in the industrialized world. They were West Germany with the Bundesbank, the Swiss National Bank, and the Federal Reserve of the United States. The research we did using, using statistical analysis, regression analysis, demonstrated that those three central banks holding everything else constant provided better inflation results, closer to price stability, than the other central banks in the world. And we were published in early 1983 on this. And this started basically a line of my research, which has become basically how do central banks operate and what's the right structure for, for a central bank. I've been working on this issue for better than 35 years. Uh, 37, 38, I, I can't remember if we started in 81 or 82, but somewhere in there. Okay. And so people, so you might, so I have a, an opinion built by a lifetime of research about, about the, who gets to be on the central bank and on the independence of central banks. The question in the, my mind has always been independent of whom? One key, one key feature of central banks is sometimes they are dependent upon an executive. Sometimes they're dependent on a, a dependent on a legislature or a parliament of one kind or another. In the United States, the pre, it's like a, it's like an ambassadorship or a secretary. The president approves. The president nominates somebody, they are approved by the Senate, and then once they get onto the Federal Reserve Board or become a Federal Reserve Bank president, or bank presidents, in fact, are not chosen by the, by, by the president. They are chosen, indeed, uh, by the governors and by the various districts. Those people, those people are, in fact, independent of both branches of government. They're nominated by the president, they're confirmed by the Senate, but once they're on, they're on. Trump has publicly lamented that he can't fire Powell and is trying to figure out, well, could I? Could I get rid of him? I think he's a terrible mistake. And the fact of the matter is, the fact of the matter is that unless Jay Powell is found uh, having committed a crime of some kind or some great moral turpitude, um, and I'm not even sure about that these days, he can't. He can't be fired. Now, chairs only have a four-year term. Governors have a fourteen-year term. So, a more keen. I got to think about. In fact, I'll try to look during the break which seats they're being nominated for. I don't think we know yet because I don't think. But I have to look to see which seats are open. They could potentially serve for longer than fourteen years. This. This is, I think, a lot of what concerns people. But I want to come back to the point I started with. Why did I talk about Jamie Dimon? Powell, okay, Paulson, Bernanke, and Geithner all insisted that these folks had to take the money. They had to have the bailout. And these were supposedly the smartest people in the room. These were the people that had the PhDs. And and are you happy with that result? Did the expertise really help us there? 
let's come back and talk about that. We've got one more segment coming up. King Banyan Show. This is 1440. <laughs> Business 1440 is KYCR Golden Valley. Policies issued by American General Life Insurance Company, Houston, Texas. Not available in all states. For details, visit AIGdirect.com. Do you have a family? Would you like to help make sure they'll be taken care of if anything were to happen to you? If you answered yes, you probably need life insurance. Now, do you think life insurance is expensive? If you answered yes to that, too, you definitely need to give AIG Direct a call. We could find you a quarter of a million dollar policy for just $14 a month, which means you could save hundreds of dollars a year. Call us now for a free, no obligation quote. 1 800 930 2646. Since 1995, we've helped millions of people find out if they could save up to 70% on their term life insurance. See how affordably we can help you protect your family. Call AIG Direct now for your free quote. 1-800-930-2646. You could save up to 70%. That's 1-800-930-2646. 1-800-930-2646. Message and data rates may apply. Please don't text while driving. If you've been in business more than 20 minutes, you've probably printed your logo on all kinds of promotional products. We all know logos work because they're on everything from the top of skyscrapers to the bottom of shoes. Ever wondered why or how to best use your logo to grow your business? Let us show you today for free. We're 4imprint, promotional product experts at your service. We're giving away the latest issue of Amplify, the digital magazine that reveals promotional product success stories absolutely free to everyone who texts WOW11 to 88988. At 4imprint, we make your logo look perfect on thousands of promotional items. With our 100% guarantee, it'll be right the first time, on time, every time. Your free e-magazine will reveal invaluable insights that can attract new customers, build your brand, and grow your business. Get the latest issue of Amplify absolutely free by texting WOW11 to 88988. That's WOW11 to 88988. Looking for future leaders we can trust and believe in? Look no further than the high school student-athletes right here in Minnesota. High school sports teach young people how to be effective leaders. It begins by making their grades and being on time for practice. It includes learning to listen, following directions, accepting responsibility, being a good role model. And it's about respect for officials, opponents, the rules, and each other. The result? It transcends sports. It gives us hope for the future. High school sports, there's so much more than just a game. This message presented by the Minnesota State High School League and the Minnesota Interscholastic Athletic Administrators Association. Welcome back, King Banyan Show. This is 1440. Final segment for today. Look. Uh, 
having spent a long time around around these uh, around these uh, uh, central banks, as I have as I said, I, I I wrote the first paper. We wrote the first paper in eighty one and eighty two. We eventually get around to um, we f- eventually write uh, several more papers. Um, my research spins off into doing uh, some work on the inflation tax. Inflation was my was my bailiwick throughout most of the nineteen eighties. Um, what I what I researched, and when uh, I saw the uh, Berlin Wall come down, it was like it, it was you know, and, and I had a side I had a side hustle going on talking about uh, sports, and that which I maintain to this day. But uh, that's always been like a secondary field for me. Um, I've had three main segments: central bank independence, which central banks, which has remained my focus throughout my career. And then, and then spent about a decade working uh, largely on issues in in Eastern Europe and the former Soviet Union. Did some advising in that area, and then and then over the last fifteen years, turned my focus to regional economies, and particularly up here and uh, out here in Greater Minnesota, relative where you are. But my ma- I've maintained this this interest and in, and in continue to write about central banks, and probably am more quoted in that field than the other two combined. Uh, among professional economists. So I know something about professional economists. And I'll say, uh, and I know something about them in the, in the central bank field. They got 2008 wrong. I find it ironic and actually kind of funny uh, to read. This is uh, Michael Strain from the American Enterprise Institute, I, uh, a person whose work I've long admired. Um, both, they both seem to believe that the, they, they both seem to believe, listen to this, this is strain writing. They both seem to believe that the Fed should aim to keep the dollar stable against gold or a broader basket of commodities rather than attempting to keep overall consumer prices growing at a stable rate and the economy at full employment. Returning to a modified gold standard could lead to disastrous results for the U.S. in global economies. As the Great Recession was beginning in 2008, commodity prices were increasing and the dollar was falling. A modified gold standard prescribes rate increases in this situation when rate cuts were what the economy needed. But you got rate cuts, and you still got the Great Recession. Did Did Moore and Kane get it wrong in 2008? Probably, but no more or less so than anybody else. And let's remember... Kane and Moore at the time are two. Well, Kane's still working, working for Godfather, and and Moore is is working is working with Heritage and doing a a fair amount of uh, a fair amount of stumping around. But he's a popular speaker. He's not he's not he's not involved in policy making. And more to the point, the Federal Reserve hires dozens upon dozens of PhD economists. Do PhD economists need to have a monopoly on the Fed? I say no. I say that's not necessary. I was reading uh, Paul Meringoff at, at Powerline. Okay. Um, Trump's nominating. It's true. You know. You know. Uh, um, I, protesting that you shouldn't choose him. Yes, I agree. Does he have does he have a little bit of a history? Yes, he has a sexual harassment case against him. It's not clear to me Herman Cain will ever become become governor at the Federal Reserve. 
And if you're upset about him being chosen because you because you think he's not he you know somehow he doesn't have the proper moral standard, awesome. With you on that, be thou consistent is all I will say. But to protest about Howard about Herman Cain or to protest about Steve Moore because of a policy position they took in 2008 about the gold standard or because they don't have a Ph.D. in economics or because they haven't written much on monetary policy. The people who did that gave money to banks, whether or not they needed it, taxpayer money, $700 billion worth of money, And the question has to be asked, what was the value of the doctorate? Because you didn't need a Ph.D. in economics to decide that you wanted to shovel money out the door at, at banks. That didn't require, didn't require a degree. What, what, I think we place too much faith in expertise. I've said this before and I'll say it again. And my same, my same uh, issues, my same response regarding Steve Moore extends to Herman Cain. Wouldn't be my choice, but I'm not the President of the United States. I'm just King Banyan with you this week. We'll be with you again next week here on the King Banyan Show on Business 1440. Thank you, Andrew. Thank you, everyone. Talk to you next week. Are there some physical activities that you no longer partake in because they're too painful, such as playing golf or easily walking downstairs, hiking, or even sleeping peacefully through the night? Relief Factor wants to get you out of pain. Relief Factor is changing the lives of tens of thousands of listeners by reducing and at times even eliminating their daily aches and pains. ReliefFactor.com is full of great success stories, mine included. Over a month ago, I started taking Relief Factor, and within weeks, it had resolved a lower back pain issue for me, which is now gone. Pete and Seth Talbot are the father and son team behind Relief Factor and the three-week quick starter pack that could help you live your life with little to no pain. Go to relieffactor.com. See the testimonials from folks all over the country who are getting their lives back with Relief Factor. Over 70% of those who try it continue as customers. Why not be the next Relief Factor success story. Go now to relieffactor.com. There is nothing more valuable than your good name, but how do you build and then protect it? This is trademark attorney David DiZarella. In business, this good name is normally referred to as your brand or trademark. Despite its importance, however, many businesses just like yours are uncertain as to what goes into the selection of a strong brand, the building of that brand, the protection of that brand, and the policing of that brand. For example, when selecting a brand for a product or service, should you initially concentrate on a name, a logo, or a combination of a name and logo? And should your name or logo be registered in the U.S. Trademark Office? I can help you with every aspect of branding and trademark protection. Please call me, trademark attorney David DiZarella, at the Twin Cities firm of Schwegman, Lundberg, and Wusner. Trademark attorney David DiZarella has over 25 years in private practice of intellectual property law. He'll help you and your business in all aspects of branding and trademark protection. Find David DiZarella online at slwip.com. That's slwip.com. Hello, I'm Mark Stoneman, president of WNAV Audiovisual. 
WNAV Audiovisual provides equipment and technicians for events of all sizes, from a handful of people to large ballrooms and convention centers as well. We also provide installation services for churches, schools, and corporations. No matter how many people are at your event, WNAV has the technicians and expertise along with the equipment to make each event successful. Audiovisual services include equipment such as sound systems, microphones, projection systems with screens, laptops, draping, lighting, and all the related equipment, and also web streaming services. So your meeting can go beyond the four walls of your space. WNAV Audiovisual, where your meeting is our business. Please contact us at WNAV-video. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.